Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Thank you for joining me on tonight's show. The preseason is finally over. And man, that game, even though I enjoyed it as I enjoy any Dallas Cowboys game, it was difficult to watch at times. It was kind of unwatchable from time to time uh, this Saturday morning. However, it was fun and the Cowboys Preseason is finally done. We can now focus on the regular season, how the roster is going to look. That's what we're going to be doing tonight. I will talk to you about my three biggest winners from today's game, and then we will move on to what my final roster projection looks like. And we will get into the details of it. Uh, I'm looking forward to you agreeing with me, disagreeing with me, maybe killing me in the preseason is finally over it was tough to watch it was tough to endure but it's a preseason so don't worry a lot about win loss records really do not worry about it and we will get into all of it we will also talk about kelvin joseph's injury real quick when we're discussing the roster probably so before we do all that though before we do all that do me a favor Hit the like button, as Stevie Mac is probably already telling you to do so in the YouTube chat. And please, share the show. So if you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, let your friends know that you're watching ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. And now that more of us are here, let's get ready to start the show off officially. Welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday night here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network, with a lot more content coming your way for the Cowboys 2021 season. Make sure you head over to adcsports.com slash Dallas. So remember, you can now check adcsports.com out on your favorite browser. So thank you all for joining me. Uh, thank you, Frankie, for being here. Uh, Jeb Newsom, Donald Jackson says, yes, it was. It was quite unwatchable, uh, the, the Cowboys-Jaguars game. However, uh, there were a few things that made it watchable for me. Like, you know, you, you focus on specific players, but also Trevor Lawrence had himself a game versus the Cowboys defense. And he was not having the best preseason of all time. But he, I mean, as, as soon as he faced the Cowboys, he had to have his best game yet in the NFL. Uh, thanks, Stevie, for being in the room. Also, Carlos Holloway. Frank is saying, I'm worried about Greg the leg. And I understand that. It was quite a, it, it was... I mean, we're not convinced yet about where Greg is from a health perspective, but I'm feeling confident that he will be better and better for the regular season opener because he's been progressing during the practice session. So every time it seems like we're, sound, uh, we're hearing about better sessions in terms of efficiency. So maybe I'm being optimistic, but I'm not, I'm not worried yet. And what we saw today, for example, a 56-yarder, I mean, I would not like the Cowboys to kick a 56-yard field goal in a regular season game, although it, unless it's a situation at the end of a half or at the end of the game. Otherwise, let them go for it. I, I would really lean towards going for it. Uh, thank you, David, for being here in the chat as well. Donald Jackson saying, ready for the season opener. There's this, there's this uh, a funny little phenomenon of... Within the NFL preseason, I don't know if you guys experience it as well, but you know, preseason week one gets here, the week one of the NFL preseason, and we are excited as hell. Like we, our eyes cannot believe it. There's football in the TV, 
and we are just jumping around our living rooms or maybe the, the you know, we're excited about the fact that we're getting football back. Then by the preseason finale, I don't know about you, but it, it, there comes a point in which you are done. Like you're, you're done, you want the real thing and you want football to be truly back instead of whatever the hell is going on on, on TV. I, I was laughing out loud at a tweet earlier today that said, I don't even know who Terry Tree was, uh, who Terry Tree is because Deontay Barton had a pretty bad game versus the Jacksonville Jaguars today. Uh, yeah, it was terrible, says Carlos. Carlos Choa here in the chat watching from Cowboys uh, Twitter from ADC Dallas. Cheers from Chihuahua. Odds for Isaac Alarcon to make the final cut. As much as it pains me to say so, I don't think he makes the 53-man roster. I think his chances uh, of making the roster are close to none, to be honest. And, however, I do think he stays in the practice squad, and I think that there's a small chance of him staying as a non-international player, which would make him eligible to play. I think there's a small chance for that. But for the 53-man roster, I do not see it happening. Uh, I had hopes for him. But after what we've seen during the preseason, not only what we think about the player, but what I think the Cowboys, uh, the way the Cowboys have handled their offensive line formations, I don't think we will see Isaac in the 53-man roster. Uh, don't worry about it, Mike, uh, saying over here, sorry I can't stay on live, but I but have a great show and I'll watch tonight now. Thank you, Mike, for being here in the chat and making uh, sure we know that. That was a 56-yard kick, says Brian. Yeah, I'm not concerned about Greg missing that one. I know I miss the Dan Bailey days. I miss just saying automatic. Whenever Dan Bailey walked out into that, into that, uh, into that, sorry, into that situation. Royal, what's up? Says, where did this guy come from? I've never seen him before, but I'm sub. I thought this was Sky's channel. It is Sky's channel, but it's also, and now it's ADC Sports Dallas, and you can find me here on primetime every Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central. And soon enough, we will be here five days per week, five nights per week, from Sunday through Thursday. So I hope you enjoy the show, and thank you for joining me. So my first question for me to you guys, the Dallas Cowboys have finished their preseason winless, and a lot of people will have different opinions about this, but I'm interested in hearing about you. Is going 0-4 in the preseason a big deal, small deal, or no deal? And my personal opinion about this is, honestly, and I'm not being optimistic, and I have evidence of me saying this before the preseason, I don't care about the Cowboys' win-loss record in the preseason. So I will say no deal to answer this question, because I truly do not care about the scoreboards during the preseason. And I said it before it actually began. I said, I will say this if the Cowboys go 0-4 or if the Cowboys go 4-0. And I was looking at the numbers from 2016 and 2014, which I think we can all agree those have been the best couple of seasons in recent memory for the Dallas Cowboys. And in those two preseasons combined, the Cowboys went 1-7. and seven. And then R.J. Ochoa put out a tweet saying and pointing out the fact that the last two times that the Cowboys have gone winless in the preseason, they've actually gone on to win the NFC East and reached the divisional round of the playoffs. So that was 2018 and 2016, I would assume. So listen, it's not fun maybe to, to watch these games, but at the end of the day, the Cowboys and Michael Gilkin put this list out, and he said, 
about 37 players who, who, who will probably make the initial 53-man roster are not playing tonight. 37 players, that's close to 60% of your 53-man roster. So that was pretty crazy, and it, get, it gives you an idea as to why you should not be concerned at all about going winless in the preseason. So I'm seeing a lot of mixed comments. Gabriel says no deal. Uh, Jerry says no deal as well. David says small deal. Jerry Fuller says deal, which I will assume uh, I will assume he meant maybe big deal. I'm not entirely sure. Oh, no. Sorry. He's correcting uh, the, the typo. I'm sorry, Jerry. I'm sorry. I got you. I got you. Uh, don't care, says Ninja. Uh, oh, small deal, said Carlos. All we get to see is our depth. Oh, thank you, Calvin. I, I really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. You've been doing an excellent job. Thank you, Calvin. I, I appreciate you, and thank you for being here on the show. Royal says no deal at all. Who cares about this game? The main coaches weren't even calling plays. That was pretty interesting as well. David Quinn, uh, sorry, Dan Quinn, still in the COVID protocol, so that's why he was not calling the plays. But in case you missed the news, the Cowboys actually had Doug Nosmeyer call the plays for the offensive side of the ball, which at the beginning, I'm going to be completely honest with you, I was weirded out by this decision. I did not, I was not a fan of it. But then I thought about it and, and, and really thought to myself, hey, maybe I'm wrong about this. And maybe the Cowboys are actually being pretty smart and doing something that the rest of the NFL is not doing. And after they had to have Joe Witt call the plays versus the Houston Texans for Dan Quinn, maybe they said, you know what, we're not really prepared in case Kellen Moore isn't there to call the plays for the offense. So I, I think that was a smart move from the Dallas Cowboys, even though it was weird. Because honestly, even if you have Kellen Moore calling the plays, Kellen Moore is not practicing for the regular season. Kellen Moore is probably just hiding plays for the regular season. So I thought that was kind of smart for the Cowboys. And I, I, I have not seen any other NFL team do that during this preseason. I don't know if you guys have, but I have not. And maybe it has happened, but I, not that I've heard about. So I thought that was a smart move from the Cowboys. Now, here's what I think was even more interesting. So you have a coach in Mike McCarthy, a head coach in McCarthy, that called plays throughout his career. And at one point in his career, before arriving in Dallas, he actually said, I'm not giving up play calling ever again. Mike McCarthy uh, was on the record saying this. And when he got to the Dallas Cowboys, the front office really gave a vote of confidence in Kellen Moore. And I, I would imagine that they told McCarthy what was up even before he accepted the job. So I would have, I would have imagined that if Kellen Moore was not available to call the plays because of the COVID protocol, I would have assumed that Mike McCarthy would have taken over. But I think it's smart from the Cowboys not to do so because that would just bring on uh, a, a lot of talk probably from the media, probably from, from fans. But you don't know, you don't never know what, situ what kind of situations you can get into in, in which maybe that talk also becomes a part of the locker room. So I think that the Cowboys are just avoiding the potential for toxicity there. And I like the idea of not making Doug, uh, sorry, Mike McCarthy the backup play caller. I think that's also smart from the Cowboys. That's, that's just my opinion, though. I like Doc Nosmeyer calling plays, says the guru. What if Kellen Lipsy as a new head coach elsewhere 
or and what if Kellen himself gets COVID-19? So that's a very good point from Guru. I was talking about this only in the context of Kellen Moore getting COVID or getting into the COVID protocol, but also the Cowboys are low-key developing Doug Nosmeyer as a potential play caller. And after Scott Linehan was fired a couple of years ago, not a couple of years, yeah, a couple of years ago, Doug Nosmeyer was actually mentioned by a lot of people as a potential offensive coordinator. So the Cowboys might look at him like that, as the guru is saying, if Kellen leaves after 2021, which is likely, even if we don't like it. And I and I like Kellen Moore a lot, but I'm kind of I'm kind of I, I have admitted to myself that he might be gone sooner than we expect him to be gone. What momentum could we sustain with a week and a half before our game? We good, says Calvin. By the way, the Cowboys will have five practices before the Tampa Bay game. It's going to be an intense few days for the Dallas Cowboys. But the next three are going to be rest, as mandated by the CBA. Mike McCarthy has no powers to dread giant. Dallas Dog, they said Kellen is focused on box and Dog is calling so that opponents don't have Kellen place on him. And that is true as well. But I also think that the Cowboys were being smart, just getting uh, prepared in case of any, you know, any bump on the road COVID-wise. Just having the other coaches get the experience can save our butts if we get an outbreak, says Jack. Easy looked good today. I think Israel Mukwamo did. He had an interception in a play in which Rondell Carter also chimed. And by the way, by the way, uh, let's get into it. My three biggest winners from today's game were Garrett Gilbert, first and foremost, because I think not only did he, have, did he have a good game and was a direct winner from his performance, but also he, but also he was a winner from an indirect situation that it was the fact that Cooper Rush did not play well today versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. So after getting a strong performance from Cooper Rush versus the Houston Texans, we kind of all were wondering if we could see the, the potential for the Dallas Cowboys, you know, making a change at the backup quarterback position. And I think that's not going to be the case. I think that right now, and I spoiler alert, I have Garrett Gilbert as a QB2 of the Dallas Cowboys. Now, the QB2 of the Dallas Cowboys might still be outside of the Cowboys roster, but for now, I will stick with Gilbert. And I think he had a good game today and a good touchdown pass, by the way. And on the other hand, Cooper Rush with what? Uh, four of eight for 16 yards and about a 56 QB rating. Terrible game from, from Cooper Rush. Thank you, Hector. It says 0-4, no deal, says Hector. And thank you for the donation as well. And thank you for being here on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. And thank you, Delanatic, as well for the donation and the comment. We're beating the out of TV and TV 12. Go Cowboys. All right, so... I, I would really like it if this happens. <laughs> that would be amazing for the Cowboys storylines and what we could expect from the Dallas Cowboys in 2021. If they beat Tampa and they beat Tam uh, Tom Brady, it's going to be a very strong statement, especially for the offense. I mean, we're, we have not seen that game yet, but I, I would assume that if the Cowboys end up winning that game, it's going to be a... a very entertaining shootout, I would assume. I agree with Mo. Thank you, Dead Guru. In Kellen Moore, leaves Dak will call his own plays. He's at Carol Jones. Uh, Owen Fork is Mike McCarthy played the Nudge. How is it that the Nudge 
got uh, that much playing time. That did impress me. Like, why not go one half for Garrett Gilbert and one half for Cooper Rush or something like that and maybe give uh, Ben DiNucci a few drives? But, but giving Ben the entire second half was impressive for me. Uh, Joe Wilson says Dinucci got three a tat as well. April Chowers, not if when, says April Chowers. Uh, Dinucci out of there, says I'll say. Uh, Chris Rochine over at Facebook, it was a disadvantage for Rush. He had two and threes versus their ones. And that is a good point as well. But I do think that Cooper Rush, I'm not, in, I, I, I cannot say that Cooper Rush did enough to win the backup quarterback job for the Dallas Cowboys after only those drives versus the Houston Texans, even though he looked pretty good. I don't like any of the two, if I'm, if I'm being honest with you. But I'm also aware that that's the situation for most NFL teams right now. Like, most NFL teams do not like their backup quarterbacks, which is why they're backup quarterbacks in the first place. And I think that even though... I like Gardner Minshew. I'm not entirely sure if I would have liked the Cowboys to pay what the Philadelphia Eagles paid to get Minshew on their team. Speaking of the Jaguars too, uh, but uh, I, I was not a fan of that. I I wanted Gardner Minshew in the Cowboys, but honestly, just because of you know you want to get better at quarterback. But right now, I realize that. Even if Dak Prescott misses a few games, I don't know that Gardner Minshew steps in and, and wins them for the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not entirely sure. 68 in chat. Let's get these likes up. Uh, thank you, April, for that. By Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Time, cutdowns. That is right. And by the way, remember that the first cuts that we will see are not... The, the initial 53-man roster is not actually the roster for Sunday's for Thursday's game versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the 9th of September. So remember that always, because I think we, we always get a little bit tricked out with that. And actually, my projection, which I'm about to get into, my final 53-man roster projection, a few notes before we begin, that is the main note. The fact that I'm not going to include Josh Ball in this projection or Chauncey Goldstone or Tristan Hill, players that are going to start the season off in pop or in injured reserve, um, leaving those until the I, I'm I'm assuming that those already happened. So this is my 53-man roster projection after those initial moves have happened. I wanted to get that out of the way because I think that gives us a better idea at how the roster is actually going to look like. And by the way, one of the players that you need to include in a in any 53-man roster projection that you see for the Dallas Cowboys, you have to include Malik Hooker. Because basically, Jerry Jones already told us that he's going to make the team. And he literally said, there's no question, he may, he'll make our team. And in my opinion, as I tweeted out at NFL, M-A-U-NFL, I mean, this should be no surprise. We have talked about his injury. We have talked about this and that. But Malik Hooker is already playing. If he wasn't, I would understand the concerns. But good players make rosters. And Malik Hooker is not only a player worthy of a 53-man roster. Malik Hooker is actually a player that could end up being a starter for the Dallas Cowboys. So that's that's interesting. And the guru is saying over here, I'm interested in most projection. What happens to Hill and Golson in 2021? 
Now, that's going to be tough, and that's something that you will not have a long-term answer from, from me today because, as I said, those players, I set them aside because I think, for example, Chauncey Golson and Tristan Hill are going to start the season off in pop. So that means basically that at least for the first six weeks of the season, we're not going to see these two guys, I believe, in 2021, even though, but, but once they come back, that's when things are going to get interested for the Dallas Cowboys. Or maybe not as much. We think it's going to get interesting. But then by week seven, week eight, you already have injuries on your football team because that's how the NFL uh, works. Marvel, Maurice, what's good? What's up, Marvel? Thank you for being here on the show. Uh, Lack Cooker, oh yeah, Malik will make the team. I was thinking about someone else, says D-Town. Oh, against 53 over here. Uh, I was missing a comment that I wanted to read, but I lost it. I'm sorry about that. I'd put Gallimore on pop and heal on IR, says RB Nightmare. Yeah, that's those are always uh, difficult decisions to make. I saw that Todd Archer from ESPN was reporting with a lot of confidence that Hill and that Hill and Golson will be on pop, which is probably because he knows something. So let's start off with the offensive side of the ball. Now, again, those moves, the, the, the injury reserve moves, the pop moves, we're leaving them. We're assuming that these have already happened in my 53-man roster projection, so I, I am not including them, and I am not including Judge Ball. And finally, one more note, this is a combination of what I think about the Cowboys roster and what I think the Cowboys think. So just like an additional note. So here we go. Again, I went short on offense. And I had to go long on defense. But one of those players that I'm going long with on defense is actually just a special teamer. And please let me know your, your opinions, where you agree with me, where you disagree with me, who do you guys think that I left out. But anyways, here we go with the offensive side of the ball. And you can see right out of the gate that maybe the most controversial decision was to leave uh, only two running backs with the Cowboys. But we, thought, we talked about this on, last, on the latest show of ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. And after Rico Dowdle was placed on injured reserve, I really don't see the Cowboys carrying a third running back or even a fullback. Even though I like Nick Ralston, even though I like him as a player, and I would be excited about carrying a fullback on the 53-man roster, I think you're better off leaving that roster spot for maybe a sixth wide receiver or a 10th offensive line, maybe even an 11th offensive line or on defense. So I saved that roster spot from Rico Dowdle's injury and I gave it to the sixth wide receiver, who in my opinion will be Simi Fehoko. I thought about putting uh, Malik Turner in this position instead of Fehoko, but I think that his injury really did cost him a lot regarding Turner. And, I, and that's why you can see Fehoko is in, in this situation. Now, over at tight end, Sean McKeon obviously got injured. Uh, Jer uh, so Jeremy Sprinkle is in instead of Sean McKeon. And then you have the offensive line. Brandon Knight, I'm not sure about. Brandon Knight, I'm not sure about because he has struggled in the preseason. But I think the Cowboys, whether we liked it or not, they will like his position flex and the fact that he can play outside and inside. But I'm not sure about Brandon Knight. I think he's one of those players that might be cut. But the Cowboys have historically gone long at offensive line. 
And I think that betting on them to go with under 10 offensive linemen would be maybe a, a weird bet. So I think that the Cowboys are going to carry 10 offensive linemen. Now, I see a lot of pro Matt Farniak comments in the chat. And definitely, he made a case for himself today. So Matt Farniak, as CJ is saying here in the chat, played a well-rounded game. And I think he also did so, uh, did so versus the Houston Texans. And honestly, the Cowboys do not have basically any more competition going on in the interior offensive line. So the Cowboys are very thin in the, on the inside. You have Connor McGovern, who can double as center or guard. You have Matt Farniak, who can do the same. Well, not McGovern cannot play center. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I made a mistake there. McGovern doesn't, he played center in college, but the Cowboys have not used him as such. So I think assuming that the Cowboys would play him at center would be just maybe at this point, wild speculation from us. So Matt Farniak, I think, ends up making the roster. And I agree that he played good today. And I agree with, and I agree with some people that have said that maybe he has even a better chance at making the roster than Israel Mukwamu. Because even though we like Mukwamu a lot, again, the Cowboys do not have a lot of depth at guard or at center. So I think that's why Farniak ends up staying. I would have loved to include Isaac Alarcón in this projection, but I really could not. I, I really think he will end up in the practice squad. Still, Knight and Ferhoko are asterisk guys. If it means I had to kick Mukwamu off, then I get rid of one of them. I think you will like the defense projection, Ninja. I will say that. Farniak played centered better than Williams. He'll be game active, says Guru, and I think he is right. Uh, Mukwamu is the only future free safety player. Whoa. Are we nightmare? I can see a couple wide receivers and both running backs on the practice squad. Yeah, that, that's definitely a possibility. Now, I would, I, I would say that, and I will put the offense on again in the screen. I will say that I can see the Cowboys carrying one less offensive lineman, and that would be Brandon Knight. If I had to cut one offensive lineman from these guys, I would cut Brandon Knight. And I think that as soon as Judge Ball is available, uh, Judge Ball takes his place on the roster because I think that Ball is going to have a role within the Dallas Cowboys. So that is interesting as well for the Dallas Cowboys. But I think that Brandon Knight could be off the team uh, at, uh, before their final cut down. And if, the, if that does happen, I could see maybe a third running back or a fullback or things like that. <laughs> we have the Terence comments. Once again, Terence team file. I don't think the Cowboys are going to get rid of Steele. Uh, I had Hamilton as a winner today, made some good plays. And I agree with Stevie Mac. And I actually did not have Justin Hamilton on my latest projection, but I might have him in this one. Uh, another, another spoiler alert there. Brandon Knight has regressed at tackle, unfortunately, says Marble. Uh, in my opinion, defensive tackle Hamilton makes it if he goes to injured reserves, says Arby Nightmare. Why not cut in second, says Jacob. He sucks. He does. He, 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 nah, I'm not sure he sucks. I'm sorry. I'm not sure he sucks. He has not played as well as I expected him to. But he, he will, the team is, is still treating him. As a, as a starting swing tackle, I believe. Well, not starting swing tackle, but the team's swing tackle. So today, for example, going off by what we saw today and the players that play today, you have to imagine that tying second spot is secured. So as I was saying when the show began, 
this is a sort of a combination of what I think and what I think the Cowboys think. And at this point, the evidence that we've seen is that the Cowboys still see Ty and Seke as their, as their swing tackle. That's what I interpret from what we've seen, we've seen from the Cowboys' decisions. Stephen Jones said in the pregame interview that they're really keeping an eye on the offensive line depth, so don't be surprised if moves are made. Yeah, I could definitely see the Cowboys bringing in an, a free agent for the interior offensive line, specifically for the inside, because the Cowboys, again, are really, really thin there. Uh, the new rule about the international player does allow them to change Isaac's status to regular player, correct? Yes, the, 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 rules, the new rules uh, allow them to do so. However, the, the thing that I don't like is that practice squad players usually get activated from the roster when there is an injury, right? But in order to activate Isaac, you would have to you would have to have him on the practice squad counting toward the player limit for three weeks. So you cannot change the status from one week to another. Well, you can, but you need to wait three weeks in order for him to be eligible for the 53. So that's why I'm really hoping that the Cowboys make the decision of keeping Alarcon, but without the international player tag. Uh, we better keep easy, says Lazay. Uh, Turnstile is garbage. He's never, he's never going to be good, says CJ. But I do think that the Cowboys still like him. Jess Maurice, Ty Inseke was made safe. Hopefully he can be upgraded during the year. And I think maybe he can. He's a veteran. We have seen him play well for in, in the last few years. I know that, for example, John Owning from the Dallas Morning News was really in love with the hiring when the Cowboys made it early in the offseason. Josh Ball is a tough call. If he goes injured reserve, says Guru, uh, then he cannot practice with the team. But as he's missed most of the summer, he's just too raw and not ready for a 53 roster spot. And I agree with that. And I think that as a player, Josh Ball would be worthy of a spot, but I think that he's not ready health-wise, which is why we have not seen him practice, in my opinion, throughout this entire offseason. Well, let's get to the defense, shall we? I went long at defense, and I also have the special teams in this light, so let's get it. Defense event. I have five defense events. Lawrence, Gregory, Basham, Armstrong, and an I. I had to leave off Rondell Carter, even though he was one of my biggest winners from today's game. I, don't, I just found it very difficult to give him one spot. Then I went with five defensive tackles. Of course, Neville Gallimore already in uh, injured reserve uh, for the Dallas Cowboys in this projection. For those of you who are just joining us, my projection is based on what I think the Cowboys roster will look like by week one. Not really the initial roster before the moves are made. This is after those moves are made. Uh, for those of you who are just joining us. So I had Carlos Watkins, uh, Ozo Dizua, Brent Irvin, Quinton Vohana, and I do think that Justin Hamilton has earned himself a spot in the 53-man roster, but it's, it's, it is one spot that he might lose if Neville Gallimore comes back, uh, when Neville Gallimore comes back. Hamilton had a solid day-to-day, -day, says Dallas Junk, and I do agree, maybe one of the other big winners from today's game. In second was good past years, but now he is looking 35 years old, says the Lunatic. And that is usually that age in which players can regress from one season to another in a big fashion. So I understand the concern. Uh, Fehoko ceiling probably higher than Turner, says RB Nightmare. And I also think that Fehoko 
gives the Cowboys a better special team player in 2021. And if we're not carrying a third running back, and if we're not carrying a sixth linebacker, then you want Fehoko, you want your sixth wide receiver to be a big player on special teams, a big special teamer. And I think that Fehoko gives that to the Dallas Cowboys. Well, anyways, over at linebacker, you have Parsons, Banderich, Jalen Smith, Keanu Neal, and Javril Cox. I don't think there's any surprise there. I've seen some people that want to carry a sixth linebacker. I really think that will be complicated for the Dallas Cowboys. And then I had to do it. I had to carry 12 defensive backs on the Dallas Cowboys roster. I just did not find a way around that around that uh, possibility. So I had Trevon Dix, Kelvin Joseph, and let's put an asterisk in Kelvin Joseph's name because we don't know what his injury was today. He had a groin injury, and he did tweet out that he was okay and that it was something minor and that he will, he will be back. But I don't... I mean, I, I need to see some official information from the team. I, I really hope Kelvin Joseph is well, but I'm not going to fully believe a, a any player tweet when it comes to to health and injuries and things like that because players want to be okay and players want to be back as soon as they can but i i will wait until the cowboys give us some more official information so we're assuming here that it is indeed something minor but we will see what happens with with kelvin joseph as well so in this scenario, I have him as one of the seven cornerbacks. Anthony Brown, Nishan Wright, Jordan Lewis, and Maris Kennedy, and of course, C.J. Goodwin. A lot of people list C.J. Goodwin as a special teamer. I don't like to do so because he is a cornerback at the end of the day, so I, also, I always put him at cornerback. And then at safety, five of them. In my last projection, I only had four, and I had left off Jaron Kears. Now, I realized that I was wrong about that because I realized now that the Cowboys like Jaron Kears way more than I did at first. So that's why he's here in this projection. I, Again, it's a combination of what I think and what I think the Cowboys think. And I don't see how Kears is left off from this Cowboys team. Mukwamu would be left off before Kears, definitely, from what we've seen. And I understand that because of the desire for depth at strong safety. And the Cowboys are going to have to cut some interesting players. They're going to have to cut Darian Thompson, for example. If you IR Gallimore, he is out for the year. Golson and Hill eligible for pop and can be back after six weeks, says John. And yeah, again, uh, for those of you who are just joining us here on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime, I have Gallimore at IR, but I don't mean that they do that before the, the final cutdown date. So this projection, I like to do it assuming that those initial moves have already been made. So if Gallimore is put in IR, I'm guessing it is after the cutdown day, so he can be back in three weeks, for example. Uh, McCarthy said in his post-game press that Joseph is fine. He only out a week, says Jacob. Well, thank you for that, Jacob. I actually had not seen that. So that's very good that I put him in the projection. Thank you. Harvey Nightmare, same here. Dallas usually keeps six linebackers, and they do. I just don't see... I'm not going to see, I don't see how, to be honest, uh, in, in this scenario. I don't think that Luke Gifford or Francis Bernard are worth a spot over, say, a, or a Mukwamu or a seventh cornerback. I, I do wonder, and I'm, I, 
I know this is not going to be a question a lot of you guys like, but, well, first of all, do you think that the Cowboys keep over and under 11 and a half defensive backs? So in this projection, I'm going over because I have 12 of them. Seven cornerbacks and five free safeties, strong safeties. Uh, do you think it's over or under 11 and a half? Guru says, I'd keep a sixth linebacker on practice squad as emergency. That would be smart, and it's definitely a must for the Dallas Cowboys. The Jones are going to use the COVID players as a way to one day the short-term injured reserve players, says Jack, and that would be, that, that would be uh, a little bit shady. Over, says Dallas Junk. David C is over as well. What's up, Eliasar? Thank you for joining the show. Uh, seven cornerbacks and four safeties. So the Lunatic is going under. Marvel is also going under with 10 defensive backs only. Who are you leaving out? Because it's close, as D-Town is, is saying. And I was wondering uh, before, when I was putting together this final roster projection, is there a scenario in which the Cowboys completely surprise us by cutting C.J. Goodwin. As you can see, I have him on my roster projection because everything that we've heard and everything that we've seen is that is pro C.J. Goodwin, that John Fassel likes Goodwin enough to keep him only as a special teamer. And those players are important for NFL teams. I don't think C.J. Goodwin is gone from the Cowboys. I really do not think so. But I wonder if it is even a slight possibility. Even if uh, on Tuesday they chalk us. I, I really don't, do not think so, but I was wondering if any of you thought it was possible. So D-Town says no. Uh, Dallas says no, no. He is our special team's ace. He really is, man. And I, I, If you want your Cowboys, if, if you want to have a good special teams unit, you really need to have those kind of core players. And C.J. Goodwin is just that for the Cowboys, definitely. No, CJ is the leader of the special teams. He's our A special team player. He won't go. Uh, no, nah, I was thinking the same thing about Goodwin, but he just got a two-year contract in March. So I can see that. I can see that the the consensus is that that's not happening. That CJ Goodwin is staying because he is staying. I was. I I really wonder about how we would react if the Cowboys end up pulling the trigger on, on, on something like that. And over at special teams, just to get over with the 53-man roster projection, I have Greg Sorline, Brian Anger, and McQuaid as a long snapper. And it's very weird. I have still not gotten used to putting together a 53-man roster projection and not ending it with LP Latticer. I have still not gotten used to that. That is just such a weird feeling to put McQuaid's name in there instead of, of LP's. LP, what a legend. Uh, 95 in the live, uh, 40 plus, get the likes up, says April. Thanks so much. And also, 95 in the live in YouTube, but we also have people watching on ADC Dallas at Twitter and at Facebook. So before we continue with the show, please make sure you like it and, of course, that you share it with your friends. If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or maybe retweet it over at Twitter, but let your friends know that you're watching ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. And if you know any Cowboys fans or you have any Cowboys friends, uh, please tell them about ADC Sports Dallas and what we're doing over here because we're just getting started. And I think you will enjoy this project a lot. 
and what's next for it as well. I meant that if they have four players in COVID, that gives them four spots Tuesday to get injured players on the initial 53 and IR them before the COVID players return. Oh, I understand what Jack is saying now. So if you're talking about uh, CeeDee Lamb, Connor Williams, Demonte Cassie, and who was the other one? Carlos Watkins. That's interesting. And I wonder if the Cowboys are going to be able to do that because that, that would be very smart, uh, smart from them. They, they will be able to put them on IR before returning them, and that would be very smart. I need better depth at key positions, and I want future contracts secure. So, and on that note, on a similar note, who do you think missed the cut from the roster projection that I just shared with you? Who is one player who do you think, if at all, that you think, hey, you know what, Mo, nice projection and everything, but you, you forgot about insert player's name here. Who is that player, if at all? Do you think someone got left out that shouldn't have been left out in this 53-man roster projection? And I'm showing you the offense once again. I honestly don't care if Fihoko is poached. And I, I see what Ninja means here. I talked about this maybe two weeks ago when I said that we a lot of, a lot of the times we kind of overrate our own players But I think that those players that we describe as, oh, if we don't get him in the roster, he's going to be poached. Those players are everywhere in the NFL. And I think that every fan base thinks that they have a player like that. But even if he's poached, I mean, it's not the end of the world for the Dallas Cowboys. And you can always find another Simi Fehoko. And you're probably not going to use him a lot in 2021. So uh, I, I see Ninja's point there. Keep easy, don't chance it, says uh, April Showers. And in this case, we have him in the in the roster projection. So, oh, sorry. Oh, that was a small blooper for you guys here in the in the show. Uh, <laughs> we're going to get Maurice to grow a beard, just like Law Nation. Just <laughs> Marvel, I'm going to look you. I'm I'm going to look at you straight in the eye, and I'm going to tell you. That is not going to happen. That you're not going to get me to grow a beard because it's not possible. It's not because I don't want to. It's just not possible. I'm. I think that I'm. I'm 22 years old now, and I have not been able to grow a, a decent beard. So don't expect that to to happen anytime. <laughs> But that would be. I mean, if you get if you make that happen, then I will have mad respect for you. What's the Facebook name who does a bunch of stuff? He might get a spot. Oh, the fullback. <laughs> I got my, uh, you know, my, my content creator skills got, got involved there. I said fullback name, uh, the Facebook name, fullback name, uh, Nick Ralston. Nick Ralston, and someone actually mentioned him. I think it was TV Mac. Oh, Nick Ralston is a fullback. Fullback is Nick Ralston here. Thank you all for your, for your answers. How are you going to hate on Mauricio looking like a little kid when Sky looks like <laughs> Like he's 12. Uh, Mo, <laughs> Mo needs a nice, easy top bird. Uh, all right, we, we, we will try to make that happen. I'm kidding. We won't. We won't because that's not going to happen. Reports are saying we restricted six contracts, so we had the cap space to pick up Johnny Hecker. That would be an interesting move. That actually would be an interesting move. So I see that maybe uh, an eye over injury-prone Gifford says AL. We have 12 million in cap space. This is, let's say, Williams over here. So I think that I think that overall, we all agree 
or I think that there is nothing outrageous about my 53-man roster projection. So I'm glad you are liking it. And finally, well, just uh, I, I, I think I have to mention it again, even though I already have a lot of, a lot of times. But this projection is based on what I think the roster will look like after the initial injured reserve and pop moves are made. So, yeah, Judge Ball is going to be in the initial roster. Chauncey Golson as well. Well, well, no, nah, not, not Chauncey Golson because Chauncey Golson is going to be on pop. So he does not have to make the roster like other players. And, of course, there's also the COVID factor, as Jack was mentioning in the chat. Well, anyways, that will be it for me tonight. We are on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I really think we will enjoy the regular season together, and I'm very, very excited. I cannot wait to get into the group of doing this show five days per week. Remember that in September, we will be doing ADC Sports Dallas Primetime Sunday through Thursday, and I think we will all enjoy it. Now, I can see Mo rocking one of those classic candlebars, <laughs> says Ryan, though, Coral Mustaches. <laughs> I think you're all, uh, Elias Ari saying, I think you all are over underrating Gifford, but okay. And I think you are overrating my, you know, the, the one or two, you know, little hairs here, and I need to shave those. And I hate shaving because it's not like it's even worth shaving. Uh, to quote Bach, we're going to beat that. Out of Tampa Bay, says Lunatic. Good show. Thank you, D-Town. Thank you, April. Thank you, everyone. And we will be back here on Tuesday talking about the Dallas Cowboys at 8 p.m. Central Time. Hope you enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Uh, If you are into boxing, maybe enjoy the Jake Paul, Tyron Woodley fight. The the co-main event has a fighter who is a world champion from my hometown here in Mexico. So I will be watching that boxing match uh, very closely, Jamilet Mercado versus Amanda Serrano. However, Amanda Serrano is a beast, and I think she's going to end up winning. Jake Paul is going to win. Says Dallas.